everybody, thank you for tuning into my podcast, Keeping It Real with Caramel, as we say 100. Hi, everybody. I hope everybody having a wonderful night. Um, I have a great guest coming on. We're going to be talking about where she's at, where she's been, what she's trying to do, and all these great things, and I'm so super excited. So I'm going to say, everybody, I'm going to introduce you to Lori Windows. How are you, honey? I am fine. I'm quite excited about this. This is awesome, because I am too. (laughs) So let everybody know where you're from, and, and then a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I was born in Canada. I grew up mostly in um, central Illinois, and I currently live in um, a rural area in central Illinois Mm -hmm. um, with all my animals and my loving husband, Uh (laughs) (laughs) Ha-ha. I have been... Let let me just tell you a real quick funny story about my publishing career. When I was uh, a senior in high school, I had my favorite teacher ever, Mrs. Peg Kirk. And her assignment, her final assignment for the year was we all had to write something and submit it for publication. Mm-hmm. Now, this was back in the days when you typed it out and you put a self-addressed stamped envelope in there and you sent it to a magazine or whoever you were sending it to. And you would either get it back in your self-addressed stamped envelope or you would get a check in your self-addressed stamped envelope. I sold an article to Good Housekeeping magazine. They sent me a check for $500 and my teacher just about died of surprise. She had been giving that assignment for 10 years and no one had ever been successful. Um, so that that was the beginning of my writing. That is awesome. That is awesome. And when you say back in the day, you had to put a stamp on the envelope and, oh, you, yeah. and you had to wait for it to come back. Like, um, I remember those days. Well, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> you know what? Like, I didn't even know how many stamps you're supposed to put on the envelope, right? So I put like two. Because you know how you have to weigh the envelope and you have to figure out if you have enough uh, enough stamps to put on the envelope, right? That's what I had to do. I'd go to the post office and we'd weigh it and they'd tell me, I, you know, how many stamps I had to have on there. So. Yes. Oh, my God. That's like, like. I don't even know. That was like what in the eighties, right? Oh no. no, I graduated in nineteen sixty-eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> nineteen sixty-eight, and and I continued to write short stories and articles for magazines, mostly animal-related uh, and travel-related stories. And then it got to the point where they would not accept it mm-hmm. on, on a typed piece of paper. And I just kind of gave up because I have no technical skills whatsoever. And last year, and I wrote this book that we're going to be talking about. I wrote it about 15 years ago. I wrote it in longhand, and then I borrowed somebody's typewriter, and I typed it. And I would lend it to I put it in a little binder, and I'd lend it to friends to read. And last year, I lent it to a very good friend, and she took forever to read it. And I'm thinking, oh, she must hate it. Mm-hmm. When she brings it back to me, she has put it on a flash drive. Oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> of course, I had no idea what to do with the flash drive. <laughs> like, she, she, she did a great gesture, but at the end of the day, I was sitting here looking clueless. Don't even know what she did. <laughs> exactly. I don't even have a computer. 
computer. I don't even know what to do. But then my local library took over, the uh, Raymond A. Sapp Wynette Library. It's a very small library, but they took over, and they'd say, who do you want it sent to? And they would, you know, they took over all the technical stuff for me. That is too awesome. That is too awesome. So you have, like, multiple help, but you still looking at it like, okay. You know, because you're used to what you're used to. You know, exactly. and we when sometimes when we're used to something, we don't like the change of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like me. Like I'm used to keeping paper bills, and everybody said go online to go and get your bills and and whatever. I gotta have paper because I have to because I don't know. I think like the computer can shut down and I lose everything. But if I got paper, I'm like I still got mine. Yes. <laughs> You know? That's right. That's the exact same mindset I have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you said that, you know, you start writing um when you was a little girl, um, in high school. Uh-huh. And so, you know, was you nerdy when you was in school or was you like the, the life of the party or do you have low self esteem? I was the very unpopular kid that nobody had the nerve to mess with because I'd kill them. <laughs> if a boy asked me out, I wouldn't go out with him probably, but the, the other girls would never go out with him again, ever again, because he asked me out. <laughs> oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, I was, I was pretty rough. <laughs> So he pretty much is just raising himself 
and uh, hanging out with some petty thieves and a, a pool shark cheating people at pool. And he and his friends um, attempt to rob a ranch. Now, this takes place 1986 in Idaho. Um, and uh, they try to rob this ranch, and um, the, of the three boys, he's the one that gets caught. Um, the owner of the ranch is a, a, a very nice woman, and she sees something in this boy, and she works it out with her lawyer that he has to, instead of going to jail or juvie or whatever, he's 17, so I mm-hmm. guess it would be juvie, that he would work out this 18 months on her ranch, and mm-hmm. she raised his horses. And um, it's how he learned to have pride not only in himself, but his heritage mm-hmm. through, through the horses. Um interspersed throughout throughout this book is what we call smoke dreams, where whenever he connects with this one particular horse on the ranch, mm-hmm. um, his his mind goes back, and he's he's set in a time 110 years ago when the Nez Perce were running for their lives, trying to get to Canada away from the United States cavalry. And um, that's that's the smoke dreams he has, and the horse is very prominent. Um, somebody reviewed the book, and I was so thrilled because they said they liked reading about animals, mm-hmm. but not when they're used as props, when they are used as actual characters. Ooh. And and the the, um, the the animals in this book are actual characters. Um, somebody said because um, because it's horses. Because they get involved in the sport of endurance racing, which I have been involved in since 1982, mm-hmm. um, I've been very, very successful all over the country. And anyway, somebody said, oh, the book's kind of autobiographical, isn't it? And I go, yeah, but if I'm like anybody in the book, I'm like the dog. <laughs> 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 the ladies are too nice. <laughs> So I'm kind of like the dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds really good. But you know what? Um, your book um, is reality, you know, um, because it's a lot of people that do not want to actually, you know, um, say their race. You know, they're kind of scared, yeah. or they're scared to say who they really are. They they pretend to be someone else, right? That's and, right. And you know. I just want the audience to know that you have to be who who you are. Um, you don't have to pretend to be no one else. Because if someone doesn't appreciate you, then oh well, you know. Because you can't pretend to be something that you're really not. Because it's going to come across that you're being fake, right? Yep, that's right. And so and- for you to write that book, um, you know, when you was writing the book, what was going across your mind when you was writing the book about? you know, about him not wanting to let people know that he's Indian? Um, probably um, keeping a lot of myself hidden, mm-hmm. um, maybe. Um, I, I'm not all that, honestly, a, a, a strange person. But um, <laughs> maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> but um, my life was a lot of secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, that I kept even even from my my parents the things 
that intrigued me, the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, um, most of those things that I wanted to do as a child, um, I have done. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it has to do with um, feeling, a lot of it has to do with living with animals. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, they've given me not only pride in myself, but confidence in myself. Uh, my dad put me on a horse when I was two years old, mm-hmm. and I've been on horses. I'm 72 now. In fact, I just did a 60-mile horse race last weekend. Oh, wow. And um, the, the confidence that horses have given me and the confidence that my dogs have given me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, worked at a, I worked at a zoo for three years. Um, I professionally am a veterinary technician. Mm-hmm. That's the only job I've ever had. I worked at a zoo for three years, and I loved it. However, I decided I really wanted to go back and work with animals <laughs> that sometimes knew you were trying to help them yeah. instead of the ones that wanted to eat you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, maybe, you know, there is a little bit of autobiography in the book, and not just one character, and not just the dog. Um but um, I put a lot of myself in, into these characters. Um, it's kind of intriguing because uh, the girl that Alica falls in love with, mm-hmm. um, her her family is as prejudiced towards white people mm-hmm. as some of the white people are prejudiced towards the Indians. Oh, um, wow. So um, <laughs> it's, you know, they hate the white people and blah, 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 and that kind of stuff. And, and you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, but that's, so, that's uh, reality, though. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is life, you know, and and we only write what we what we see and what we hear and how everybody pursues life, you know. Right. And, and the, the, reason, the reason I chose the NIST purse to write about um my my first horse that I actually bought with my own money, it wasn't the first horse I ever rode, but the first one that was actually mine that I bought with my own money mm-hmm. was an Appaloosa. And the Appaloosa was developed by the Nez Perce Indians. Now, most of the Indian tribes, um, they got, <laughs> I'm sorry, but they got their horses from, they, they steal them a lot of the time, uh-huh. either from other Indians or, or from yeah. from the white people. And, and they didn't have to worry about breeding horses because they, you know, if they needed them, they'd go and steal some. Well, the Nez Perce actually wanted to develop this, this breed, this Appaloosa breed. And a lot of the times the guys would always want to ride the flashy stallions so the not-so-good stallions would be back at, and bre- they'd be breeding the mares, and, and the quality of the bulls would go down. But, but you know, they, they didn't care because they'd go steal another one. But the, the, the Nez Perce developed this Appaloosa breed, and um, the, the breed was almost lost because when the cavalry destroyed destroyed the Nez Perce people, they... They slaughtered their horses mm-hmm. because they didn't want them to ha- have anything to be proud of. Right. And um, but there were some saved, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's in the book who who saved some of the horses. And so some of the Appaloosa horses now can be traced back to the actual Nez Perce people. And so that's why I chose that breed of horse, and that's why I chose that. That uh, tribe of Indians. Okay, 
Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if I got on a horse. I think. That... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I tell people? I tell people to come out and ride. I say. Oh my god. I say, if you've ridden, we have horses that have been ridden. If you've never ridden, we have horses that have never been ridden. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think I will freak out a little bit because I look. I, you know how you be looking at these movies and then the horse just trot away, and I'll be, I'm gonna be the one be like leaning to the side while the horse <laughs> moving. <laughs> I'll be hollering at you, help me, Lori, help me. <laughs> Well, it was kind of neat because two weekends ago, um, a, a, well, I'd say a young lady, heck, she's not a young lady anymore, but um, she has a lot of uh, um, Native American blood in her, and her so do her children, and when she was a little kid, she spent all all sorts of time out at my place riding horses. Well, then she grew up because she moved to Chicago and blah, 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 and married a really neat guy and has kids, but the kids have never been on a horse. Well, she writes for a um, Native American magazine, and she brought the kids out, mm -hmm. and this was the very first time. And she talked about um, uh, knowledge being passed from generation to generation, and... Um, what the horse meant to the Amer the Native American people. Mm -hmm. And her kids were a little scared at first, but uh, I had them riding before the day was over. It was kind of neat. Yeah, that <laughs> is neat. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know what? I think that kids should have all the experience that they should have, you know? I think you should let the kids, like, um, experience different things, like especially riding a horse. That can be, like... I don't know. Some people say, like, when you get on a horse, it's just like your mind is set free. It's like you get on a motorcycle, you know, yeah. you you in the wind, and you just just, just ride, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, with me, I probably won't be ri I'll be riding, but I don't know. I probably, <laughs> I don't know. But um, that is awesome, and um, animals are a, a beautiful sight. I have a cat, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have about... 
Um, well, of course, I work with animals all day, but then coming home to mine, you know, they're always glad to see me. You know, they don't argue with me. You know, it's, it's yeah, I wish great. we could get a husband. I wish we could get men like that. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? You know, and, yeah, we just we just come on in the house and you know just go cook or whatever we got to do. They don't say a word. They just look at us. <laughs> How was your day? Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> You had a good day today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you, you if this, I, I do have to say this. The book is not PG rated. It's a little rougher than that. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's some rough language in it, and there's a little bit of sex, not too terrible, but there is some violence, and um, it, it's. Uh, I've been doing readings at my races that I go to, and at the local libraries. I've done probably 20 readings so far, mm-hmm. and um, there's <laughs> chapter four. <laughs> I was told to never read that out loud to anyone ever again. <laughs> She always okay. likes stuff like that, yeah. Well, his dog Sam gets killed about halfway through the movie, okay? Um, and um, I don't remember if it was John Ford or Howard Hawks or who who was the producer of that movie. But anyway, he said they got – now, this movie was made shortly after World War II. Mm-hmm. And he said they got such bad feedback because the dog got killed. He goes, we lost – Sixteen and a half million people in World War Two, and in this movie we killed hundreds of cavalrymen and Indians. But everybody was mad because the dog got killed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just watched John Wick Four, you know, yeah. and <laughs> he's still trying to kill people who killed his puppy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? The cruelty of animals. People get really serious about that, you know. And when, and when you said, I'm going to tell you something, this is so funny. I was just listening to what you were saying when you said, like, chapter four, do not read chapter four. But when you say that you got some balance and some sexual and some not good words in your book, right? So yeah. I told everybody, if you want to read my book, then you better be prepared for a roller coaster ride because <laughs> I got so many different languages in that book. It's oh. crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and, um, but, hey, we do what we do, and I feel like writers should write the way they want to write, right? I do. And I, everybody's I not going to agree. Anything like that. It's, you know? Right. You, you read it, and you either internalize it or you go, I don't agree with it. But it's not like they're forcing you to do anything. It's just somebody's ideas, and yeah. deal with it. Exactly. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. You can just flip the book and put it down and walk away. Uh, Just like if you don't like a movie, you can cut it off or you can get out, walk out the theater. You know, that's your choice. If you want to continue and see what happens, and then that's that's fine, too. You know, so, you know, hey, with me, I'm like, you you like it or you don't. Yes or no. You know, so. Well, the guy who's the bad guy in Chapter 4. He does get his. <laughs> he 
he pays for it. So. Yeah. Well, there you go, audience. Chapter four, if you want to read it, it's, it's crucial, but the person gets his at the end. So, hey, you can see what happens and see what he gets at the end. That will be great. Oh, my God, Lori. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. You're so amazing. Um, so tell people uh, where they can find your book and um, if you want social media. Okay. Um, it's uh, um, Mr. Willis says the best, the best way to get it is on Amazon. It's available on ebook, Kindle, and in, in hard copy. Um, I, of course, <laughs> when I go into the grocery store, I put several copies in my, in my cart, and I usually end up selling them before I leave the grocery store. But, um, <laughs> but since people aren't local, um, but, Am- but uh, Mr. Willett says uh, Amazon is the best mm-hmm. place to get it. And uh, um, most of the people that have gotten it have gotten it off of, off of uh Amazon. Okay. And you know what? Is it so funny, Miss Lori? I just asked you your social media. You're not tech savvy. So you don't have, I don't know if you have, have social no. media. You know? So I'm sitting here like, hold up. She don't like being on, on, on the computer or on her phone. You know? So she she still is trying to use a typewriter. So... <laughs> If I do have to type something out, um, I go to the, you know, my fat fingers, it takes forever to do it on your phone. So I do go to my library. I have to say my library is just fantastic. They have helped me so much. And uh, none of this would have ever happened had it not been for my friend who put it on the flash drive in my library that helped me. So it's really been neat. It's been a neat experience. That is super awesome, super awesome. And like I said earlier, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I had so much fun talking to you. And whenever you write another book or whenever you want to talk about something, definitely hit up Mickey. I just want to shout out to Mickey. Um, he's a great PR. He is. He always hook up people um, to different platforms, and, and that's super, 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 super awesome for him. And um, and anybody that gets on my show is super awesome. Okay, so okay. <laughs> I'm in good company. Yay! I know. Right? <laughs> so I I just want to say God bless you, and I wish you the best um, on your book. I wish oh, you the best selling on your book, and I know that you're gonna be amazing. And hopefully one day, one day that when I'm in your area somewhere, that you're gonna come let me ride with. That's right. I'm on a ride a horse. But like I said, you might have to get on the horse with me. Because <laughs> I know I will be, like, looking at you like I'm crazy. Like, oh, my God, what I do next, you know? Well, that's an open invitation. That's it. That's it, Miss Lori. I just want to say God bless you, and I will talk to you soon. And thank you very much. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.